All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 17 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Happy Monday to everybody. I'm Brock Segan. With me, as always, we've got Michael Biebs Bondi. Biebs, how was the Blue Zones? Oh, they were phenomenal, Brock. It, uh... I don't know if I can if I can even hear anything still, and we're what three four days later, but um, absolutely electric. I could not believe that two dudes can make that much sound. Um, this new album is incredible. Uh, I, I think it's it's pretty pretty good good stuff for got, people who are Blue Stone fans. It was uh, it was wild though. It, it was a really really good time, and uh, and those boys know how to rock. So if, if you're in, I believe they're doing an on the tour is just ripping through Ontario right now. Might have a couple stops in the states. But if you are able to catch that, um, I would definitely suggest the tickets aren't that expensive. And uh, and then these guys know how to put on a show. So um, I, I give it a five out of five. That's where good, I'm going with that. Good. Glad you enjoyed it. And then me and D held down the fort on the pod. So no worries there. Yeah. Um, I only yeah. got like 20 messages, fan mail messages. That were just people who were like, man, I'm going to stop listening to the podcast. If you don't come back, we miss you. <laughs> I, bet. I lie. It all went the opposite <laughs> way. They're like, get out of here. Stay out. Um, I'm back. So. So back. Yeah. So as, as always, three episodes again this week, uh, starting with today's show. So what we're going to do today is we're going to roll through the injury report, uh, some of the big key injuries from the weekend. And we're going to talk about just some of the latest line movement players moving up the lineup or, or players just heating up uh, that got off to slow starts, just some, some waiver wire targets, people to keep an eye on uh, or to check out on your waiver wire. And then at the end of the show, 
We're going to close out with all of the best streaming options for this week. Uh, it's a kind of a weird schedule for streamers this week. There's only one team that plays – uh, sorry, there's two teams that play on multiple days, um, multiple off days, one team that plays on all four off days, and then only one other team that plays on two of the off days. So streaming's a little bit more difficult this week. But uh, Tuesday, Thursday are a little bit quieter than normal, so you should take a look um, at the week ahead here. Go to Tuesday, go to Thursday, set your lineup, see what spots you have available, and try to plan uh, your streaming out accordingly because it's a bit of a weird week for streaming, but we'll cover it all uh, towards the end of the show. Let's start with the injury report. We got news this afternoon that Mackenzie Blackwood is out indefinitely Mm -hmm. with a sprained MCL. Uh, So hopefully you got ahead of it with Vitek Vanacek. He's somebody that we were talking pretty highly about uh, at the start of the season, some we were talking about pretty highly uh, last week as well. So hopefully you got on Vitek Vanasek because it looks like it is his crease moving forward. Akira Schmid came up to serve as his backup on the weekend. Wouldn't be surprised uh, if we see Nico Dawes in the near future either. So looks like it's Mackenzie or uh, sorry Vitek Vanasek uh, show moving forward. Mackenzie Blackwood out definitely with sprained MCL. A couple other minor injuries. Jakub Voracek day to day with an upper body injury shouldn't affect your fantasy team too too much. Bowen Byram's day to day with a lower body injury. Unclear how long he's expected to be out. He was a late scratch. It doesn't sound like it's overly serious, but they haven't really got back from Finland and um, given us any updates yet. So we'll keep an eye on, on Bowen Byram. John Garlson remains day-to-day with a lower body injury. Will not play on Monday. However, he was on the ice for the morning skate today in a regular jersey. Finally ditched that non-contact jersey. So that's a good sign. Love to see uh, that. Potentially, he could be back Wednesday. Uh, Michael Stone was placed on injured reserve with an undisclosed injury. Not so much a season-long fantasy asset but he's a great dfs piece so if you're playing dfs you like to punt michael stone he will no longer be there phillips dean is out definitely with a lower body injury the red wings said they don't plan on having him anytime soon he blocked an absolute rocket uh over the weekend and had to be helped off the ice and was in a considerable amount of pain so uh best of luck to phillips dina and then ross mistaline uh missed the sabers game on saturday he's day-to-day with an upper body injury um they are hopeful he was he, he will be back Tuesday. He didn't skate on Monday, so I don't know if it's a surefire thing he'll play Tuesday, but the Sabres say they are hopeful that he'll be back in the lineup for Tuesday's game. So that was the DFO Fantasy Injury Report. And now let's get to some of the names that have been moving up and down the lineup um, and, and players that kind of had a, a nice week or a nice weekend and just you know climb onto your radar. So we're going to start. We'll do it alphabetical order here uh, by team. And we'll start with the Buffalo Sabres. They shuffled their lines. They lose two games last week after a red-hot start. They lose two games. They come home. They shuffle their lineups. And the top line today was Casey Middlestad with Tage Thompson and J.J. Paterka. Paterka is somebody that I want to talk about at just 2% owned. If you're in a deep league looking, you know, not not too many players on the wire, I think Paterka is really interesting. Seven points in 12 games thus far. Three goals, four assists. And he's done that while playing just uh, just over 13 and a half minutes a night. So going up to play with the red hot Tage Thompson should mean good things for Paterka, who's you know one of the most highly touted prospects in that organization. And he's been off to a nice start in a secondary role. So playing a bigger role with Tage Thompson could mean big things for Paterka moving forward. Yeah, this this is a kid who's kind of just done it, like you you mentioned, just on incredibly limited ice this year. He's usually seeing just below 14 minutes a game. Um, after getting moved up, we watched him put up 16.34 time on ice. So if Paterka can keep getting more ice, keep on kind of doing what he's doing, he should continue to produce. And and, and we it seems like every episode we have a new Calder candidate popping out of the woodwork. Here we are with J.J. Paterka. So um, I like this one. German dude, so he's got some fire in him. 
Yeah, he. it's worth mentioning, too, he had an absolutely terrific season in the AHL a season ago. He finished 10th in AHL scoring um, with 28 goals, 40 assists, 68 points in 70 games. Uh, and he did that as a rookie, as a 19-year-old. So really impressive numbers from him there. And then, yeah, obviously moving up to the top line should be good things for Paterka. Andrew Kopp is somebody I talked about a little bit uh, recently. Just a really slow start, but he's also coming off of surgery. Didn't get a chance to get into the preseason at all. So just kind of took him a little bit longer than most to find his legs here early in the season. He had just two assists in his first eight games, but over the weekend he picked up a goal, three assists in his last four games. Uh, he's playing, you know, almost 19 minutes a night. He's the Red Wings' number two center behind Dylan Larkin. Um, and the good news is, like, last year the Red Wings' uh, second line probably w- wouldn't have yielded too many uh, fantasy assets, but they are a much deeper team this mm-hmm. year. David Perron looks really, really good. Dominic Kubalik looks exceptional for the Red Wings. They've been off to an outstanding start. And at the moment, those are both of Andrew Kopp's wingers. So if uh, David Perron and Kubelik continue to play well, Kopp's numbers that he put up last week should be able to, you know, he should be able to continue uh, that trend. Yeah. Um, last year in New York, after getting traded, 18 points in 16 games for Kopp. That came off of eight goals and 10 assists. If he's got that ability when healthy, like you mentioned, it, it, no preseason took him a bit to get his legs going. And I think last week we got to see why the Red Wings gave this guy, what was it, a five-year contract, six-year contract? Five years. Five years. I think we're seeing that. Um, like you mentioned, this absolutely solidifies the middle, only helps everyone around them. I'm currently a Kubelik owner in two leagues, and I'm sitting here smiling ear to ear. Um especially after last night's game winning goal from him. But yep. Andrew Kopp, uh, if, if he can, you know, if he can find his way, I don't think he will, unless there's an injury on, onto, uh, onto a power play, get a little bit more time there. It should help him out even more, but um, just, you know, on guys that you're going to find at this rate, he's uh, he makes a great selection, especially with that. He's already shown it. He's already been there. He's done that, you know, 50, 53 points last season. So not bad. Yeah, and I think while we're on the topic of the Red Wings, it's worth mentioning, you know, we were continuously preaching patience about Marit Sider over the weekend, back-to-back mm-hmm. games, picking up an assist. He had an assist against the Islanders, two assists against the Rangers to give him three assists in his last two games, four assists in his last four. Still searching for his first goal, um, but I believe it took him 13 games a season ago to get his first goal, So, and he still ended up finishing with a really good season. So actually it, was, it took 12 games last year to get to his first goal, um, and then after he 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 scored his first goal, it kind of opened the floodgates for him, and he ended up uh, finishing with seven goals in his final 71 game. So, you know, we're expecting to see uh, some goal protection from him. He has been back on that top power play unit, so it's going to start to come. Um, if, you know, hopefully you were patient with him. You know, maybe you were even able to buy low on him and people that were panicking about a sophomore slump. But good good signs here from the side of the Red Wings playing very, very good hockey right now as well. Second in the Atlantic Division, you just absolutely love to see it. If you're a Red Wings fan like myself, say, do you? Do you love to see it? No, but I they do. are they are fun. They're a lot of they. Uh, um, if anyone you know is looking for something to watch on Saturday afternoon, the Wings were the one game going at one o'clock, and uh, and I got got to watch a little bit before my abs started. And I will admit that that team is uh, they're scrappy. They're a lot of fun, and Lucas Raymond is awesome. Lucas Raymond's awesome, and Vili Huso is a certified. Oh, he's amazing. Stud. He's a certified stud right now. Absolutely yeah. love to see it. Um, okay, the next name is Yessi Puliyarvi. You might be like, why are we talking about Yessi Puliyarvi? He has one goal and one assist in 12 games. Why would you talk about him? He's only played 12 minutes per game so far this season, but the Oilers shaking things up again, and Puliyarvi finds himself on the wing with Connor McDavid this week. Uh, it's Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Puliyarvi on Monday. Could last one game, could last one period, could last one shit. But 
I think if you, you know, as I mentioned, it's a little bit difficult to find good streaming targets on this week. And, you know, maybe you want to open the week with Jesse Pugliarvi, even if it only lasts one game on McDavid's wing. It's hard to deny that that is a terrific spot for him. Um, you know, obviously he's been there in the past. He's put up moderately reasonable numbers, <laughs> like nothing crazy, nothing terrible it. either. Um, he's been solid. So, you know, playing with, with McDavid has always yielded impressive results in terms of scoring chances. I mean, the two of them have averaged 3.88 expected goals for for 60, 37 scoring chances. Um, but they're on a shooting percentage, just 6.38%. So kind of shows the bad luck that they've had when, um, Puli Yarvi has been on that line, just hasn't been able to finish the chances at, at the elite clip that some of these other players have. But every time he earns a shot, I think he's worth a look. So he's just 4% owned right now. And heading into this week, I think he makes for a pretty decent streaming target. No, uh, you, you, we were talking before the show, and you, you put it well. You said, how often can you find you know Connor McDavid's winger at 4% owned? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and granted, it hasn't worked before. Not not worked. It hasn't been great before. But all it takes is that one time. Because the spot's still a revolving door. So if, if it does work now, and you are someone who gets in on him, you are in one of those deeper leagues where you have to make these pickups now, and it does work... Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be sitting here in a couple months absolutely laughing. And yeah, like not, you, like you could you could strike more. fantasy gold here, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. And you don't often pick up a guy where you have potential to strike that yeah. gold. You're usually gonna get some bronze, maybe, and you're gonna be pumped about that. Um, but no, no, it's uh, I, I don't think you're finding anyone in single digit percent ownage that can have this much potential at actually becoming a full season fantasy asset. Yeah, like last year he was on pace for 45 points, so it's not like it was disastrously bad. No, he shot yeah. just 8.8% as well. So like there is room for improvement. He wasn't horrible. Like I think he could become a 60-point player on the swing. He's no more for his two-way ability, but whenever he moves up there, he shows flashes and you're like this could work and it should work. It's just he needs to he needs to shoot the puck more, he needs to find the back of the net more, but yeah, like, I, you know, obviously there's a very good chance that this just continues the same way it always has kind of been when he's been moved up there. But it's Connor McDavid's win. And we've seen, you know, Nugent Hopkins moved up there and he's been electric. So I don't think there's any reason why Pooley Arby can't go up there and make a little bit of a splash. So I, I like him. Carter Haggy, much higher owned at 56%, but he he's just worth mentioning because if he's available in your league, he needs to be picked up immediately. He's on an absolute heater right now. Okay. He's playing with Alexander Barkov. Obviously, he's been there for a long time. He's put up big numbers, but he's got 11.6 goals, five assists in his last seven games. Um, if you go back to you know his last 10 games, he's got 13 points, eight goals, five assists. He shot 26.7% over that span. Obviously, that's not sustain- sustainable, but we're not anticipating him to score 60 goals this year. The fact that he's shooting three the puck three times a night over that time is the encouraging number mm-hmm. and uh, well over a point per game. So if he's still available in your league, Carter Verhage needs to be picked up on the wire immediately. Another Florida Panther that is a little bit more readily available is Anton Lindell. Still 40% owned, but he's got eight points, one goal, seven assists in 13 games. Um, and that's including five assists in his last five games. And most recently, they sh- they shook up their lines a little bit yesterday against the uh, Anaheim Ducks, and we saw Lundell move up to the second line uh, next to Sam Reinhardt. So whether or not, again, that's a longer-term solution remains to be seen, but Sam Reinhardt had not scored a goal all season, and Lundell moves up, Reinhardt scores a goal uh, at even strength, and he ends up adding an empty net goal with one second left to get me the puck line win last night, which I loved it. But yeah, Lindell on that spot, you know, we always kind of are hoping for him to play in a little bit more of an offensive role. And if it comes at the expense of Sam Bennett, I think Lindell is a great pickup if you need some help at center right now. 
no, I, uh, I think he, he kind of did it last year. He flan- he flirted with fantasy relevance while playing, um, third line center. So, yeah, you know, in his second, and that was in his rookie season. He's back now. Um, I just want to take a step back to Carter Verhage really quick. Um, some that's out. he played 23 and a half minutes, uh, three or two, three games ago, um, when they played against San Jose on the road, um, Anyone who they're trusting with that much time on ice, actually, in his last three games, he is averaging above 20 minutes per game. So, you know, if uh, if you get someone like that playing with Barkov, woo-wee. But back to Lundell, um, yeah, I mean, this this is a, there's a reason that this guy was such a highly touted prospect, and he's kind of he's just converted his game so seamlessly into uh, into the NHL. And I think he's just going to keep putting up points. And if he can do what he did last year with that role, they're going to keep keep moving him up and. You know, I, I could I realistically think that this he kind of feels like to me last year's Robert Thomas in a way um, could be a bit off. But that, that's kind of where I'm at. Just a guy who no one's really owning early on, um, although maybe not won't get as much exposure, but but ends know. up finishing the season with big numbers. Yeah, like, I mean, even his time, um, his time with Anton or uh, sorry, with Sam Reinhardt, you know, ha- has been, you know, really yeah. prolific thus far. Reinhardt got on the board. Nine. Yeah, 3.3 expectables, 4 per 60, 36 uh, scoring chances, 4 per 60. Like, they've played together before uh, last year when Reinhardt was on the third line. So, if they're back together, I think that's big news. Like, it goes from playing with Idu Losterainen and Nick Cousins to playing with Sam Reinhardt. That's a big yeah. step up. So And look at his numbers uh, even before that. Like, they're not terrible. You realistically no, no, no. could have been streaming him when he had those terrible wingers. Throw in Reinhardt, um, as, a, you know, as we said, two goals last night, so. Yeah, and, and it's, wor- it's worth mentioning, like, even when Lindell is in that third-line role, he's playing big minutes, right? Like, his, his minutes on the season have been really, really solid, really, really consistent. He's up around 17, 18, 19 minutes sometimes. So he plays a ton. The Panthers absolutely love this kid. And, yeah, like, he's got he's got a very high ceiling. So we're talking, you know, 40% owned, still highly owned, but he definitely needs to be mentioned. Somebody else that seemingly nobody seems to be talking about is Kirby Doc, uh, who got traded – I don't even really know why Chicago is like in the middle of a rebuild and they have, you know, a six foot four center with offensive ability. And they're like, yeah, this, this just doesn't fit with our rebuild. Um, doesn't make a lot of too sense. Tall. He's too tall. He's off to a really nice start with the Montreal Canadians. He's got 10 points in 12 games, but in his last four games, he's got um, one goal and six assists in his last four games. And he's playing up to, you know, 16, 17 minutes a night. And he's playing now on that top line, with Nick Suzuki and with Cole Caulfield, as well as seeing um, power play one usage. So he's getting all the important minutes in Montreal right now. And if he's going to continue to play around 16, 17, 18 minutes a night uh, with Suzuki and Caulfield and on that top power play unit, he's going to factor in a lot of their goals. I mean, if you look at the, the, the goal score on that team right now, like it's almost all Suzuki and Caulfield's line. So Doc should be able to, to, you know, continue to play on that line. And he's looked really good thus far as you heard the numbers I just mentioned, and he's still just 18% owned. So Kirby Doc looks really, really solid. And the other nice thing is that I don't believe he has it yet. Um, no, he does. He already has right wing eligibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, center right wing eligibility, which is great. Yeah, no, they, I, I love this just because Brock and I actually wrote a combined piece at the beginning of the year, which was kind of the sleeper breakouts on every team. And, uh, and I'm feeling good because I had Kirby Doc there. Um, so that one could have went either way, but yeah, no, no, um, anyone who has this type of pedigree and is only 21 years old, there's no reason why he can't break out. I mean, we saw Nathan McKinnon break out at like 23 years old. 
So, uh, no, I, I think he's one of the best names, and we're going to drop this whole episode. You mentioned it. The power play time is really what stands out. And if this is going to work, there's no reason why St. Louis shouldn't just let it roll. Um, you know, that's so, yeah, kind of what he does. Yep. Fabian Zetterlund's next. Uh, just give him, him another quick yeah. shout-out here. He's still only 1% owned. So, since I talked to him, uh, talked about him last week, some people have picked him up. He was 0%. He's now 1%. <laughs> he scored two goals in Calgary over the weekend, given three goals, four points in seven games. But the real number that stands out, as I mentioned last week, his shot volume is absolutely terrific. He's got 23 shots in seven games, which is 3.3 shots per game, while only playing 13 and a half minutes a night. So the... Devils did shake up their lineup a little bit. I think it was against the Oilers, and then they made a, a nice comeback, and it was like, oh, you know, maybe Zetterlund's going to get buried and, and stay on that third line. But then the next night, they had him right back up there with Nico Heischer. Yes, for Bratt was back with Jack Hughes, and, and the world was normal again. So yeah. if Zetterlund's going to continue to skate on that top line with Nico Heischer, you know, the minutes, again, aren't terrific, but there's definitely room for them to grow if he's going to continue to skate on that line. And if he starts playing 15 minutes a night, even like the shot volume he's got right now at 13 minutes a night is exceptional. So uh, I'm really, really excited to see what you can get. Like he, he, he only has one game in his first seven where he hasn't had at least two shots on goal. No, uh, I love it. It's uh, he, he definitely bought himself some time too on that line scoring a game winner with that beauty OC one timer the other yeah. night. Um, that should, that, 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 oh, oh. and if you're letting that, that's my rocket noise. Um, but if, if you're letting rockets like that go, um, at, at, at rate, like he is, um, you know, success is going to come. So as you mentioned, you know, we, it should be keep an eye on him this week. Cause I think, I don't, I don't think he's staying at 1% much longer. No, probably not. Um, it's crazy it's- that there's not like people in banger leagues or anything like that, or just leagues where I don't know. I don't know if other people do this, but I just sometimes will just hammer like who's leading what category. And you got to assume this guy's cruising his way up there in deeper leagues. So um, it has yeah. to be, especially in shot volume, like yeah, without exactly. a doubt. Uh, Ilya Mikhaev bounced back after a bit, you know, slow start with the injury. Uh, didn't, you know, only one assist in his first four games, but in his last five games, he's been much, much better. Three goals, three assists, six points. Um, he is shooting 23%. He has 13 shots on goal over that stretch, almost three shots per game. And I've mentioned it before. I want every bit of that Elias Pettersson, Andre Kuzmenko duo. I told everybody to continue to be patient with Kuzmenko. It's going to come. Um, and he's been nothing short of spectacular recently. I, we actually just fielded a uh, Twitter question. Like what is Kuzmenko's ceiling? And is he Kirill Kaprizov? And it's like, well, he's not quite at that level, but the numbers are outrageous. And Kuzmenko, for those keeping score at home here, he's also only 38% owned right now after just a, a ridiculous week. I would imagine that most of our listeners have at least have him on in their roster because I, I think I mention him every single episode. And Pedersen and Kuzmenko, they just continue to generate chances. Kuzmenko always finds himself in front of the net, stick on the ice, just banging away goals. And it's it's been terrific. Last five games he has six goals three assists nine points again shooting 42 percent but when your sticks on the ice and you're always you know doing the dirty work in front of the net you're, you're going to be able to maintain a little bit of a like higher shooting percent i'm not saying 42 percent is sustainable it certainly is not but he's going to continue to put up big numbers we're not expecting him to score six goals in five games it's not it's not going to continue that way but over the course of the full season he has shot 20 percent seven goals in 12 games so if he shoots you know He's got 35 shots over that span, which is, you know, almost three a game. If he ends up around 240 shots, which is what he's currently on pace for, and shoots, let's say, 15%, he's going to score 35 goals this year. 
Yeah, and uh, I will fully admit I was one of the silly owners who dropped him in the first week and Ooh. now cannot get my hands back on him. Hey, the, te- the team is 4 and 0. We can we can get by. Okay. But um but no, but I'm going to live to regret that since it's a keeper league too. So, um before I say anything more. Uh no, that, that 38% should be way higher up. Vancouver is not as bad as, you know, the media portrayed them to be early on. Um and 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 even when they were losing these games, uh, you know, they started with this terrible beginning. They were still scoring goals. Well, they were just blowing leads. That was yeah, that was my point about them. The yeah. good news is that they're scoring. They're, they're getting leads. The bad news is they just can't <laughs> hold on to them. Like oh, you have yeah. to score goals to get leads, and they're scoring goals. And it's almost it's almost exclusively the Elias Pedersen line and Bohorvat. Like that's really everybody that's doing damage. But we kind of got away from it. I just can't help myself when I talk about Vancouver. I have <laughs> to talk about Kuzmenko. But Mikhaev again, he's playing on that line. He's looked really really solid. You know, he had a game where he played almost 20 minutes overall in his last five games when he's had six points. He's played 18 minutes a night and he's on that top or on that second line, whatever you want to call it, with Pedersen, with Kuzmenko. So it's a really nice spot for Mikhaev at just 5% owned. So a nice deeper league target. Riley Smith, 44% owned and William Carlson, obviously very high owned, but they certainly deserve shit out. I talked about Riley Smith being a nice pickup a few weeks ago. Um, I said that, you know, he maybe doesn't have lasting power on your roster because he just has never put up like crazy big numbers. He's just kind of been really, really steady in his last uh, six games here. He is sorry, seven games. He's picked up seven points, four goals, three assists, um, 21 shots on goal. So averaging three shots per game. He's just been really, really solid. They put that misfit line back together with him, Marshall Stone, Carlson. They've been really good. William Carlson also deserves a show at 35%. He has left-wing eligibility now as well, which helped. Um, I would have never recommended picking him up if he was just a strict center. But he's been really, really good since they put that misfit line back together as well. He has two goals and four assists in his last six games, so six points over that stretch. So, again, if he was strict center, no thank you, but – He's kind of worth a, a shout out. He's still not going to score a ton of goals because he just doesn't shoot the puck quite enough, but he'll be around two shots a game, which, you know, 160, 170 shots for the season. It's not quite going to do it, but in the, in the short term, he's a nice pickup because that uh, goal of the night team is humming. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I always forget about William Carlson. This is a guy who one time scored 43 goals in a season. Uh, not to say that he has anywhere in that ability still left in him, but he's still only 29. So um, I think I think these guys are both great spot starts. Um, Riley Smith, even like you said, he could just be chilling on your roster, anyways. Um, but no, Carlson for sure makes a good look when you uh, when you need someone to fill the lineup. Um, yeah, like I would actually, I would rather have Smith, but like yeah, for sure, for sure, he's nine percent higher on, but he's still right. That's what I meant. And then you'd yeah. probably have Smith already, so yeah. that's why Carlson. Is. Yeah, if you want to combine the two for sure, because and it's it's crazy because like at the start of the season, the Eichel line was doing all the damage. Like Eichel looks exceptional. Oh, and Eichel line was doing all the, all the damage, and now they got the second line rolling again. It's like, look the f- out! This is a uh, good hockey team. So that is going to do it for the first half of the show. We're going to fire it over to the Blue Stones here, and um, when we get back, we're going to take a look at the schedule that is ahead this week. Talk about the easiest schedules, and then talk about who some of the best pickups are for just this week. So enjoy the Blue Stones. Not quite as much as Peeps did last week, but enjoy them for the next sixty seconds. <laughs> And we'll see you guys back here in a few. They'll be enjoying them more.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to Season 8, Episode 17 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that first half. Hope you enjoyed the Blue Stones. And let's get into it. So if you don't know, I'm going to mention this every week until you do know, until you go and check it out. But I release a Strength of Schedule and Streaming Targets article. Uh, What it does is it breaks down every team's game this week and who they are going up against and gives you a score from 0 to 100. And just based on how easy your schedule is based on which teams they play. So I assign each team a defensive metric based on what they defensive score, based on how they perform so far this season. And we figure out who has the easiest matchups. Also, it helps if you play more games, you don't want to be picking up guys with two easy games. Um, sometimes, you know, teams with two games will grade out a little bit better because they have two super easy games, but tech, you know, we're looking for teams that play three, four games, but also have easy schedules. Um, I also include the, the best streaming targets for the week. I break down who plays on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, if those are the lighter days, which they typically are. And this week we've got three games on Monday, four games on Wednesday, four games on Friday, and six games on Sunday. So teams playing on those days, you'll have no issues whatsoever getting them in your lineup. On Tuesday, there's 11 games. Thursday, there are 10. Saturday, there are 13. So those days are going to be a little bit more difficult. Now, compared to last week, we had you know 12, I think on Thursday we had 14. I think on Saturday we had 14. It's impossible to jam people in your lineup. But with 11 and 10, you should be able to get away with it. So, so the easiest schedule this week is, you know, becomes a little bit you know, better to target. So we'll talk a little bit about both the best streaming schedule and the best or the easiest schedule. So we'll start with the best streaming schedule because there's only one team that has – a good schedule this week. And in fact, they have the perfect schedule and that's the Washington Capitals. They play Monday against the Oilers, Wednesday against the Penguins, Friday against the Lightning and Sunday against the Lightning. Not the easiest matchups, but they're the only team that plays on three or more of those light days. And they actually play on all four. So they're so banged up right now that they have plenty of streaming targets up front. None of them are great. 
but you're going to be able to get him in your lineup no matter what for four games this week. So it's worth taking a shot on a couple of them. And here we go. The first is Dylan Strom, center right wing, eligible at 26% owned. He's had a pretty nice start to the season. He's got two goals, seven assists, nine points in 13 games while playing over 18 minutes a night. He has spent some time on the top line. He's spent some line, time on the second line. But at the very least, he's always been on power play one, and he's been an excellent source of power play points so far this season with five which ties in with Nathan McKinnon, Mitch Marner, Sebastian Ajo, and Jack Eichel for 34th in the NHL in power play points. So to me, he's the clear number one streaming option on the week. The rest of these guys are very secondary options, not great, but are worth a look. Anthony Mantha is the next highest owner at 13%. His role seems to change on a game-to-game basis. He's been on the first line, he's been on the second line, he's been on the third line already so far this season. He's played as much as 17 minutes, he's played as little as 12 minutes. There's absolutely no consistency with this usage at all. But still, he's got six points, four goals in 13 games. He's not great. If he ends up finding himself back on the second line or the first line, then maybe I drop the other guy that I picked up and, and add Mantha midweek. But for for now, um, I think I would stick with either Connor Sheary or Marcus Johansson. Sheary is the guy who's had a much more consistent role at 9% owned, playing in the top six the majority of the first month of the season. He's managed to score four goals with three assists, seven points in 13 games. He's averaging 3.1 shot attempts per game. Um, sorry, shot attempts. He's actually averaging less shots on goal. His shot attempts are good, 3.1, but he's only getting about 57% of those shots on net. So if he hits the net a couple more times, he'll be a decent show. But still playing with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin, he's probably the second best option behind mm-hmm. Dylan Strom. Marcus Johansson's next at 4% owned. He's found himself pretty regularly in the middle six, second or third line, but he's on that top power play unit, which helps. Um, he's performed pretty similarly to the rest of these names on the list, playing three, you know, scoring three goals, three assists, six points in 13 games. They're all around half a point per game. Uh, but his shot volume is not great, but it's still better than he's ever had in his career, and it's better than Shiri. So if you're on the hunt for maybe some power play points, Johansson's probably better than Shiri. If you're looking for a little bit more stable production, it's probably Shiri. And then if you're super duper de- desperate in the deepest of leagues, Lars Eller is 1% owned. He's a center in the third line. He's got five points in 13 games. And Sonny Milano who was on Dylan Strom's wing in his debut, is going to remain in the lineup on Monday. So he had a pretty good season last year with the Ducks. A lot of that had to do with playing with Trevor Zegers, but he still got three shots on goal in just 13 minutes the other night. So maybe Sonny Milano's uh, a better option than, than most on this list. Right now, 0% owned. So if you need to take a look, go and get him. Which names stand out to you there? If you can't get Dylan Strom, are you picking up Johansson or Shiri second? I'm going Shiri. actually had to, I had this debate. Um, this morning I, I was kind of telling Brock earlier um, and people in my league should not do this if they do listen, but every, every Monday I wake up a little bit later than Brock. Um, and the first thing that I do is I roll over and I, I literally rip this article right away. Highly suggested. Thanks for Jeff Skinner last week, six points. Um, yep. But yeah, but so today I, I realized that maybe Monday uh, isn't as, isn't as nice as the pickups were last week, but yeah, I went with Shiri. It's just, for me, it's all about line placement. Um, and, and I'm kind of with these, with these plug-in guys, I'm looking for anything they can give me. So if you can get a secondary assist because you're playing with Ovi, um, then I'm going to, I'm going to put you in that situation. So, uh, Shiri's my dude. Um, so he's, uh, I, I know that you kind of had him as your second highest, so I'm not really throwing anything off here, but yeah, I would definitely suggest him, especially with the right wing left wing eligibility, although it's not going to matter. He's playing Monday, Wednesday. I couldn't, I couldn't decide. So I just picked both Johansson and Shiri up. I said, (laughs) screw it. I'm playing both this week. I just didn't have that that much roster space, but uh, I mean that's a great strategy. You're gonna get at least probably eight more bought eight more games than the the guy yeah. you're about to play who didn't do exactly. that. Exactly. So. 
Exactly. That's what we're looking for. See my quick um, maths? Yeah, there you go. Four times two. Nailed it. Um, the Boston Bruins are the only other team that have two games on the off nights. They play Monday against the St. Louis Blues, Thursday against the Flames, Saturday in Buffalo, and then Sunday against the Canucks. So you're going to be able to get them in your lineup for at least two games. Take a look at your schedule on Thursday and Saturday or your lineup, excuse me, see how it, it rolls out, and then maybe you can squeeze them in for all four games this week. Overall, they grade out with a pretty nice schedule as well in the top 10 in terms of the easiest schedule this week. So the Bruins look like a pretty decent uh, streaming option as well. David Krejci, 27% owned. He's the top option from them right now. He's back on that second line with Taylor Hall and David Pashnak. He's on PP2. It's not going to score you a lot of goals, but he's got eight points, six assists in nine games. So yeah, he's the clear top option here from the Bruins. Charlie Coyle is probably next at 5%. He's, you know, the Bruins top six is so highly owned. You have to take a look at the third line for streaming options here. He's been solid though. He scored five goals with two assists, seven points in, in 12 games. He is shooting 20.8%, but he's still on a uh, 34 goal pace. Probably not sustainable, but it's nice to see him um, be able to get the puck in the back of the net so far this year. That's what you're looking for in a streaming option. You don't need him to score 34 goals in the year. You just nope. need him to continue to shoot 20% for one more week and you'll be fine. Playing over 17 minutes per game as well, which is nice. The usage is solid. Pavel Zaka is really the only other option. 3% center left wing eligible. Um, he was up the lineup when David Krejci was hurt. Now he's back on the third line with Charlie Coyle. His usage isn't going to be great. He's averaging two shots a game. He's also on the second power play unit. He's decent in deep leagues, but uh, I would prefer Charlie Coyle. Yep. The, the Rangers now, they have the easiest schedule on the entire week, but they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Good news is the Sunday game comes against the Coyotes. Um, but yeah, the easiest schedule on the week against the Islanders, against the Red Wings, against the Predators, and against the Coyotes. So again, if, if you take a look at your uh, if you take a look at your lineup and you've got maybe one spot on the wing that's available Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, then picking somebody up from the New York Rangers would be the route to go. And the number one option if my favorite target of the entire week mm-hmm. if you can fill a wing spot is capo caco just 10 percent owned he was very active very noticeable on sunday scored one goal of five shots in 16 minutes the rangers threw their lines in a blender in that third period it didn't go great but the biggest news is that they moved panarin with zabanajad and capo caco so when I wrote this up this morning, I was like, keep an eye out. If that sticks on Monday's practice, Kako is terrific. And it did. It's Panarin, it's Abanajad, and it's Kako on the Rangers' top line. If you have a spot on your lineup, the good news, too, with Kako is he's center right wing eligible. Is that right? Did I write that? Uh, Let me just he double is check. not. No, not he's on just right wing. Okay. I so need I, him, too, because I yeah. just realized I have two centers on my whole roster. I was going to say, it would be nice if you sent a right wing. I'm going to have to fix that. But regardless, he's right wing. So if you have a spot in the right wing on Thursday, on Tuesday, on Saturday, Kako is a must-add this week. Um, if you don't, if you can't get to Kako, maybe he's not available. Lafreniere still looks solid. He's still with Trojak. It sucks that they lost for, uh, Panarin on that line for now. But Lafreniere, Lafreniere is an okay option as well. But Kako is by far the number one option on the week if you can fit a right winger into your lineup. So... Uh, go out and get Kako at 10% owned. Just a quick mention here. Some of the other teams with the best uh, or easiest schedules on the week. The Islanders are second easiest. They've got the Flames, Rangers, Coyotes, and Blue Jackets. So two really nice matchups. Um, players from that team that would be interesting to stream would be like Oliver Wallstrom. Um, you know, I don't really know. What, what are we looking at here with like Brock Nelson and Anders Lee? 
Okay, sixty-three percent for the lead. Yeah. He's probably too high. Nelson's fifty-three percent. They'd be interesting as well. But Dude, what? Why, widely available would be Wallstrom. Nelson's fifty-three percent. Yeah, he should be. That's incredible. He's yeah. the yeah. No, that he needs. If you're in any league where he's available, uh, I I think he's a must own. I I actually kind of tweeted last week. I think he might be one of the most um, underappreciated players in the league. Um, he's put up over a point per game and I think his last like 70 NHL games, 60, something like that. Um, so he's getting to the point where we're almost at a season at over a point per game. So, um, but yeah, like you said, if you are going after a lower owned one, probably Wallstrom, it's just, you know, he could, could see 10 minutes night, could see 16 minutes. Yeah. Like, so he's same position as, as Kako. Um, so if you have a right wing spot and they're both available, Kako is certainly the, the one to go with there. But uh, the, the third easiest schedule or fourth easiest schedule of the week is the Devils. They've got three games against the Flames, against the Senators, and against the Coyotes. So very nice matchups. Somebody like Fabian Zetterlin, um, you know, Dawson Mercer, Thomas Tatar, you know, if they're big guns or own in your league, then those would be the guys uh, to look to. And then obviously we mentioned the, the Capitals. they got the fifth easiest schedule. They also have the best schedule overall. For streaming, so take a look at all those teams. Take a look at the weekend stream or the streaming targets and strength of schedule article that drops every single Monday morning, like Beebs does. We'll also be back this week um, on Friday. We'll obviously have Dylan's weekend streamers of the week. So that's going to do it for season eight, episode seventeen of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Proxy Game. We always got Michael Beebs Bondi. We'll see you guys back here on Wednesday. Go and get those Washington streamers. Peace. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 